You are fighting for attention there. You're going to get distracted. Your, your phone is a crowded space. I want your race training to be something you are solely focused on. Welcome to the Run Left Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. Today, we're going to be squarely in the running category. I am so excited that we are starting to see some live race opportunities toward the end of the year and even into the spring of next year. So this episode is all about approaching your training with a flexible mindset and minimum effective dose. I've got a quick tip out there for all my mamas, my mother runners who want to be racing but find themselves challenged by time. Today I want to talk to you about minimum effective dose. I know what you're thinking. What in the world, Susie, is minimum effective dose? Guys, it's the smallest dose that will produce a desired outcome. You'll hear it in strength training circles as the minimum effective load, but even in running, the concept is exactly the same. Anything beyond the minimum effective dose is wasteful. Here's an example outside of fitness. To boil water, the minimum effective dose is 212 degrees Fahrenheit or 100 degrees Celsius at standard air pressure. Guys, boiled is boiled. Higher temperatures aren't going to make that water more boiled. There's a minimum effective dose there. Higher temperatures, in fact, they just consume more resources that could be used for something else more productive. So in your running, you want to aim to hit the minimum effective dose. This is for two reasons. One, so you remain uninjured and keep in mind 85% of running injuries are from overuse, i.e. doing too much. And then number two, so you can use that extra time resource for something else, for strength training, mobility. Those are ways to injury-proof yourself in the first place. Do you leave some time on the table, like as opposed to some dude training for a marathon 100 miles a week? Yep, yep, you do. But when you take the minimum effective dose in running or racing, it's absolutely the way to train if your ultimate goal, that big goal, is health, longevity, and balance in life. You got other things to do. Now, in taking it a step further, you're going to want to pair minimum effective dose methodology with the flexible training concept. That flexible training concept is really important to those of you who are time stretched. So listen good. Flexible training is committing to an overall mileage goal plus a key run effort weekly. And that's it. No Monday X, Tuesday X, Wednesday None of that, you guys. It's overall mileage, and within that overall mileage, get your key run in. Oftentimes, that's a long effort. If we're connected on social media, you have seen me talked about my post-it method. Here's how I personally came to this flexible training concept. And by the way, I've coached many others through it as well. This is not N equals one stuff.
Back in 2011, I thought I was the busiest person ever, which is laughable because I don't even think I knew what busy was. Nonetheless, I was traveling a lot for work throughout a multi-state territory, jumping from time zone to time zone and really being challenged with traditional training schedules for my marathon running. They typically prescribe Monday, X type of run, Tuesday, X type of run, Wednesday, X type of run. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you're somewhat familiar with training methodologies, so you probably intimately understand what I'm talking about. Typically, your long run is scheduled for Saturday or Sunday, and you're doing some combination of about five or six days a week. Is this more than necessary? (laughs) Yep, sure is. (laughs) Is every single run necessary? I would submit, no, not necessarily. What I did at that time was add up all of the weekly volume. So in miles, how much is this schedule asking me to run? And then I took a look at the what I consider to be the key efforts. I was coaching CrossFit Endurance at the time and very much subscribed to the idea that you don't need to do a long run every week. I still subscribe to that idea. So I would take the CrossFit Endurance protocol of every other week long runs. You're typically punctuating that with time trials of some sort, 5K, 10K. And that's what I identified as a key run. And I said, Let's have at it. Let's see what happens here. You guys, it worked. To the tune of qualifying for the Boston Marathon worked. Well, that's one time, right? I wanted to make sure it wasn't an isolated incident. It worked again. I mentioned I was coaching CrossFit Endurance at the time, and so blessedly, I had some people that let me experiment on them, and do you know what, guys? It worked again and again and again. That led to a now-retired-from coaching gig in 2012 through about 14, where I would specifically help busy people and mothers who were time-strapped with this type of methodology. I tweaked my training schedules to reflect what had worked for me in the past and what had worked for the people that I was coaching. It's some combination of that CrossFit Endurance, as well as Hal Higdon, Furman First and Hanson's, um, also kind of gleams of them in there, but it's kind of a hybrid. Real talk, it doesn't matter what schedule it is. It's that flexible piece and then cutting it back so that it's the minimum effective dose. Depending on the plan, in my coaching, I was shaving off about 10% of that overall weekly volume. Still committing to the key run, but shaving off that volume. That way we're achieving that minimum effective dose. Remember, boiled water is boiled water. It can't be more boiled. And then also within that flexible training capacity. So overall mileage plus a key effort. So at the beginning of this, maybe you thought I'd lost my marbles. Maybe you thought I'm some quack. Now you understand that I have not only the personal history, but also the coaching history behind this. I know this works, you guys. This minimum effective dose within a flexible training format. How do you use this? If you are Joe or Jane Runner who is looking to do a race in the upcoming year, how do you use it? 
Number one, I want you to take a look at your training schedule and take a look at the overall volume. If you are running, for example, 26.2 miles, you do not need to go over 40 miles per week. Let me repeat that. If you're training for a marathon, your highest volume week should not exceed 40 miles. For those elite athletes, absolutely they should. For the majority of us that are just recreational runners, you don't need to go there. Furthermore, you don't need to go to 20 miles unless it is your first marathon. I personally believe that folks who are running their first marathon, they need that 20 miler for mental purposes. They need, they need that courage that's going to come from that training run when they get to the starting line. That said, that 20 mile run, it's doing nothing good for your body. So if you have already experienced the euphoria of a 26.2 mile race and you want to gear up for another one, you don't need to do a 20 miler. Per the Hansen's method, I agree that 16 miles for most recreational runners should be the absolute max. Nothing good is coming after that, meaning your form is going to deteriorate and you're going to end up injured. All right, I'm off my running volume soapbox. You know how I feel about minimum effective dose. Let's talk about flexible training, that concept of having the flexibility, overall mileage plus key effort. I wanna use an example that a lot of us will see as we begin to run our first 5K. A lot of existing training programs out there like Couch to 5K will prescribe minutes as opposed to miles. And the reason why this is, is because if you're a runner, well, like it's a lot easier to wrap your head around, all right, do this at a pace that feels comfortable for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then cut it off. Sometimes like to see two miles on a schedule when you're a noob looks intimidating, right? Once you get a sense for how long it takes you to cover a distance, so how long does it take you to cover a mile, what you would do on a schedule like that, let's say it's couch to 5K, you will just do some quick math to get the mileage each day so you can add it up for an overall weekly goal. As an example, let's say the schedule said Monday, 20 minutes, Wednesday, 30 minutes, Friday, 30 minutes, Sunday, 50 minutes. That's what the schedule says. All right. Let's say you're, you run 10 minute miles. That's two miles plus three miles plus three miles plus five miles. All right. That's 13 miles total. <laughs> now here's where flexible training comes in. I want you to throw all those pieces out the window and just hang on to the 13. I want you to recognize that 50 minute as a key effort because that's clearly the long effort in this training schedule. So you've got 13 miles overall weekly plus a five mile run and that is going to be your key run. Key runs do not need to occur on the weekends. If that works for your lifestyle, that's fantastic. Go for it on the weekends. If you're someone who needs to do this with others, you can often find running groups or running buddies that are willing to do weekend runs with you. However, if in life it works better for you to do your key effort on a Tuesday, I want you to do the long run on a Tuesday, okay? So 13 
five miles is the key effort. Now you've got eight miles left and you are going to make this happen however you need to. So maybe that looks like a two, three, three per the suggestion in the original schedule. Maybe it's a four and four. Maybe it's two miles, two miles, two miles, two miles, plus that five mile key effort. You are going to be flexible here. And if you schedule, for example, a two mile run on Monday and it doesn't happen, that's where the post-its come in. I'm going to hyperlink this episode. So no matter where you're listening, you're going to have access to some teaching videos where I show you what this looks like on a print calendar. So depending on the player you're in, you're either going to swipe up or you're going to click on details and you can see some of those videos. The visual is going to help you. Why am I still doing pen and paper? Um, You know, aren't we past 1999 or 2003 when I started training for my first marathon? Yes, we are. But if you keep your training schedule in your phone, if you keep it on your iPad or in your computer, I know there's a lot of fancy tech that will help you track your runs. Here's the thing though, your phone is really, really crowded. You are fighting for attention there. You're gonna get distracted. Your, your phone is a crowded space. I want your race training to be something you are solely focused on, monotasked on. I want you to have the data, but it's okay to make it pen and paper. So whether you're a planner person or a wall calendar person, or you use one of my printables that you can get for free on this episode page, that's gonna be at runliftmompod slash med. No matter what you use, I want it to be pen and paper because you won't be distracted when you're working in that space. So that's it, guys. Those are your quick tips for minimum effective dose training. Remember, one, to look at the overall mileage on your existing training plans. Remember, boiled water is boiled water. So if you've got too much on there, your time could be better spent doing other things like injury prevention or, I don't know, momming. Also, you want to take a look at that flexible methodology within, okay? So long runs don't have to happen on Saturdays or Sundays. You can commit to an overall weekly volume and then a key effort every week instead of getting so in the weeds. Are you leaving some time on the table? Like, are you gonna be a little bit slower than you would otherwise? Yep. Is it gonna be by that much? Nope. I estimate for a full marathon for 26.2 miles, you're probably leaving anywhere from two to five minutes on the table. Guess what? The training experience is gonna be a lot more enjoyable for both you as well as your family. I want you to go to runliftmompod slash med. Those are today's show notes. And you're also gonna be able to access the calendars and the training plans that I have for you. Be noted that the training plans are not free. It's not something that I hand out to everybody, but I do make it really easy for you to get your hands on a plan if you don't already have something that you're using. Until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8, and this has been the Run Lift Mom Podcast. Thank you.
Hey, I've got Katie Danger with Red H Nutrition. Real talk, Katie, I didn't think I had any issues with sleep. And then I tried Zenrem. I'm going to say in about a week, I felt a tangible difference in that deep sleep. How in the world does that work? Well, a lot of people are like you, Susie. They tell me I don't have a problem with sleep, but you don't realize how much better sleep you could be getting until you actually start supplementing with a product like Zenrem. It's an all-natural sleep support. So what that means is there's no sedatives. You're not going to wake up groggy. It's not like Ambien, so it's not going to knock you out. But what it will do is it's going to promote that deep, restful sleep where recovery happens. It's non-habit forming, and it's really great for hormonal balance that promotes recovery and homeostasis. So if you want to sleep well, not necessarily sleep longer, but just get the sleep when you're sleeping, Zenrem is going to be perfect for you. Can I tell you, I love that the instructions are to take it on an empty stomach because real talk, it keeps me from snacking at night. I want that delicious sleep more than maybe a sweet snack. Yeah, I, can, I totally understand where you're going with that. And it works best on an empty stomach just because it's maximizing the absorption. Thank you for listening to Run Lift Mom. I am so excited to offer a special discount to listeners of this show, and you're not going to find it anywhere else, so commit it to memory. Use the discount code RLM at checkout on my Alouette site to receive 15% off your order. You're going to go to alouette.com slash runliftmom, and you can find that linked in the show notes. But remember, because this isn't in the show notes, the code RLM is only for people hearing my voice right now. You're going to save 15% off your order using RLM. And yes, this can be stacked with other gift with purchase or BOGO discounts.